This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's a happy new year for the English, European and world champions who entered 2024 with another Premier League title in sight. Who'd have thought we'd have been saying that a couple of weeks ago, eh? It's Wednesday the 3rd of January. I am Amos Murphy. And I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. It's here for Gundogan! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now... Well then, Happy New Year, firstly to you, Ollie, and all of the listeners tuning in. Um, did you have a nice sort of couple of weeks, Christmas, New Year? We're, we're back into January now, it comes around pretty fast, but um, yeah, how was it for you? Yeah, uh, Happy New Year to you, Happy New Year to all the listeners. Uh, it's been alright, yeah, nice, kind of a quieter one than I, you know, would have expected, but you know, I quite liked it in the end. You know, when you get when you get to a bit older and you're into your mid-twenties, it becomes less about, you know, the kind of glamorization of it all and just getting through it and eating a load of food and drinking a lot and, you know, sitting on the sofa watching football and darts all day. And I've pretty and that's pretty much what I've done for the last two weeks, so can't complain. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just still clinging on. Um, as we record this, we've got another two nights of darts action. Um, as soon, my general rule of thumb is as soon as the darts finish, it's time for me to stick down the ale, um, put the chocolates away and start getting on with the rest of the year. But until then, I will persevere with the usual Christmas and New Year festivities. Um, a happy New Year to those obviously celebrating wherever you are in the world. I hope 2024 brings you a plenty of 
blessings. Um, I think that sounds about right. Um, should we talk some football then? Because there has been some football since we were last on the mic. Um, if you haven't already, please do go back on your podcast feed, listen to the last episode there, which was our end of year review. It went from all the way from January 2023 all the way up until December 2023. City obviously winning five trophies in that year, highlighting some of the best bits, some of the lowest parts, and including all of our best iconic moments from the podcast itself. We start a new year here and now, and we're actually going to go back to 2023 for the talking point. It was that Sheffield United game on Saturday, December 30th, officially, although I have no idea what day or date it was myself. Um, Ollie, 2-0 win for City. Is that the most rudimentary run-of-the-mill game that we'll see all season? I think so. I mean, the the word in my head, well, the phrase in my head was run of the mill, which City really haven't been this season. But in terms of what you'd expect from them, a game like that is what you'd expect. You know, even both the goals just seemed, there's almost two types of City goals that we get in, in priority. You know, a player bringing the, bringing the ball up and then taking a shot from outside the box and then a very well-worked team move uh, involving multiple players for the for the, for Julian Alvarez's second. But yeah, fantastic to just get a normal win for once not have a crazy crazy game and actually keep a clean sheet in the Premier League for the first time in I think since the derby in October so Mm. you know that's a worrying sign but you know the fact that City have you know they've managed two back-to-back wins now in the Premier League Mm. I'll take whatever I'll, I'll grasp at whatever straws I can yeah, obviously, uh, I think in the post-match, although it, it, well, it was literally last year, so we are coming at it um, a couple of days after after the match itself and, and going over some of those talking points. But one of the biggest ones was Phil Foden. I want to save him until the second part of this show to re- do a real deep dive into his sort of newfound position, success, etc., etc. Um but I don't know if it's sort of the, the scars from the recent matches. I, I go back to that Crystal Palace one at the Etihad just before uh, the lads went off to the Club World Cup. And City were great for that match until 75 minutes hit and, and they completely shut the bed. And it, it's always felt for me anyway during that Sheffield United game, OK, if, the, if, if, if the Blades have, I don't know, 10 minutes with the ball, this could suddenly look a very different contest heading into the final 10 minutes. And I think they did have a little foray forward late on. And I was there twitching a little bit going, oh my God, oh my God, here we go. It's going to be a first shot on target. and It's going to be a goal. That didn't come. But do you think it was as controlled as the stats suggest? City having, um, and these are real, real numbers i've not made these up 944 passes to sheffield united's 174 um i think that works out about 80 percent of the possession so it on paper it was controlled do you felt like it came across like that i think so i think you could probably say for about 80 minutes of that of the of the entire game city were clearly the dominant side there was they had a little foray towards the end of the first half where they got a couple of chances then they had a you know a little, a little brief moment in the second in the second half later on in the game but um, I, ne- I never really felt at any point that City were losing complete control. You know, against Crystal Palace, it just, it, I, I think as soon as, you know, that it just felt like something clicked with them and then, and then their heads just went. It didn't really feel like that against Sheffield United. It mm. just, it felt like, you know, Sheffield United, like any team may have at the Etihad or in any game of football ever, you know, they're gonna, there's going to be a chance for them occasionally. And they just capitalised on it in certain ways, but they didn't get the goal in the end. You know, Edison made a couple of great saves as Edison has been doing. You know, I think that man deserves much, many more flowers than he's got for the past Mm. probably 18 months now. He's been phenomenal 
genuinely one of the top well I'd, I'd say the best goalkeeper in the world on his on you know over the last year or so yeah um and he just proves it and proves it and proves it every week um even when the defense in front of him hasn't been up to scratch but they were in this game um you know kanji has been one of pep guardiola's most reliable defenders this season and who would have thought that again you know after and he keeps getting criticism from all corners kanji but i don't see it really i think he's been fantastic mm. especially for the price we bought him for um but yeah you know it it it, as I said, run of the mill. You know, there was nothing overly special from City, but there was nothing that from Sheffield United that you know had us on tenter hooks for fifteen twenty minutes in that game. Yeah, it did. It did feel like City had a, a grasp of it, but like I said, it always it always felt, given the way things have gone the last couple of weeks, that you know had one goal gone in at two one, you're looking at City for the next ten minutes doing something that they hadn't been able to do in the in the recent matches and see out that advantage having gone ahead. Um, I, I want to touch on. I, I mentioned we'll do Foden in part two, but I want to just touch on some of the other individual performances that we saw in that game, notably Oscar. Bob, he obviously came on in the 52nd minute it was, replacing Jack Grealish. He's had a, a real torrid time of things uh, in his personal life, it has to be said, sort of the last seven days or so, obviously, if you haven't heard already. Um, his house was was broken into during the Everton game, obviously, when Grealish was playing so well. He, there was those clips of him running straight off the pitch. Um, he, he didn't get time to go and celebrate with the supporters at Goodison Park. And and, and it looked like he was a, a, a man who had his, his mind elsewhere. It has to be said in, in that first half, it was by no means his his best performance in a City shirt. But at last, Oscar Bob comes on and, and plays a crucial role in Julian Alvarez's uh, goal, the second goal for City. Um, what did you make of his cameo? Because I think a lot of people have kind of wanted to see a little bit more from him he's been in in and around the squad but his minutes have been limited I've seen some bold claims it has to be said online um I'm gonna keep you guys anonymous I'm gonna I'm gonna let it I'm gonna let the people find them themselves I'm not gonna attach my name to them but it's safe to say there's been plenty of excitement after his uh what 45 minute cameo well, as one of those people who I imagine you're talking about there, um, I'm going to jump straight in. I, <laughs> well, I, I, I tweeted it. It, it, we, it we, is we, what it is. I said it, it's anonymous. Yeah. I'm not getting involved. Yeah. Well, it was it was said in our group chat and I tweeted it out as well. I, it, it, some of his passes were David Silver-esque. It just, there we you go. Know, that wonder, that, that, I'm not, I'm not saying Oscar Bob is anywhere near David Silver's level. He may become Oscar that level Bob one or get is close. David Silver and he will eclipse him. <laughs> hot take. Holly McCool has hot, just confirmed hot, on the show. Hot First take. episode of 2024 and we've already. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's what I'm on this podcast for. But he, uh, you know, there's, there's, he's obviously got a lot to work on, but some of those passes that he just, I, I, I felt like, you know, you could have swapped it out for a mop of Spanish hair, and it would have been David Silver um, <laughs> with some of them. He was he was brilliant. I mean, Oscar you know? Bob's got just... a trim of himself. He, he's got a decent. Exactly. He's got a decent mop, so he, he, he maybe don't need to be uh, going down exactly. the silver route of um, but, uh, trip to Istanbul. <laughs> but yeah, for, for what twenty year old, twenty one year old who's he's in his first year of senior football. You can't really ask for much mm. more than that. You know, so, so many people online, especially, are too willing to criticize young players. Um, we, we saw it a bit with Rico Lewis last season. Uh, we've seen little bits of it here and there um, in the past. Uh, Phil Foden's definitely been in for a lot of slack over the last few years. Um, 
But I just think with someone like Oscar Bob, who's in his first season, you don't you don't want to focus on the negatives too much because Guardiola will get that out of him. You want to focus on the positives, and there were a lot in that performance. He, mm. the, the biggest compliment you can give to a young player in a Pep Guardiola Manchester City side is that they look like they're at the level. They look like they fit in. They're not bringing the team down with their inexperience. You know, we said that about Rico mm-hmm. Lewis when he came into the first team last season. We said that about Phil Foden when he came into the first team five, six years ago. And I think we can say it about Oscar Bob in his limited appearances so far. Um, and he's had some really kind of rough times in terms of some of the games he's had to come in. So I remember com- him coming on against Wolves a few months ago in a very tough game. Um, he came on for the second half there. And he was, he was, he was almost tasked with delivering the game for us and he couldn't do it in the end. Mm. But you know, what can, that's what you're going to get with him. He's made his international debut for Norway. So he's, he's making a link up with Erling Haaland on the international <laughs> stage as well, uh, which could be of benefit come the second half of the season for City. Um, mm. and I think when you look at who, who our options are out wide, Oscar, Oscar Bob is a very handy player to have around, you know, someone who, almost like Phil Foden can play in multiple different positions, can be really versatile for Guardiola. And he and Guardiola even said he was debating starting him against Sheffield United. Maybe he should have, you know, with what's been going on with Jack Grealish, maybe it would have been more beneficial to mm. give Oscar Bob the full 90. Um, but a really, really solid performance from him. And I hope, and I just hope that coming into the second half of the season, when everything gets a little bit more serious and there's more riding on games, that Pep can still find him t- find time to give him minutes because he's going to be a seriously good player. It may not be at Manchester City because we know what the level is at Manchester City, but we are. But we're seeing st- we're seeing the start of something with Oscar Bob. Whether whether we end up benefiting mm-hmm. for it in the long term, who knows? Whether we end up selling him for twenty thirty million in the summer or next summer, who knows? But there's a good good player there, and I think there is use for him at City at this moment in time. Yeah, uh, move to Chelsea in the 2024 summer transfer window. Just confirmed there um, after that, after that praise. No, I totally agree. Um, I, I think uh, he, he he made an impact when he came on, and that's all you can ask of players. He, he wasn't just there to sort of plug the gap, take a player off, let them rest their legs, etc. He came on. He, he was given an opportunity, one that hasn't necessarily been forthcoming in previous um, fixtures this season, and he took it and. With Huddersfield Town up next in the FA Cup, you'd expect he gets minutes, substantial minutes, um, i.e. from the start in that match. Um, so it, that'll be another chance to see him. But yeah, you can definitely see the start of something there. My only issue, as you allude to, is the fact that whether or not he's of that level going forward on the next sort of two, three, four years to really maintain it. And as we saw with Cole Palmer, whether or not he's going to be content with being uh, sitting on the bench for for the best part of the season. Who knows? Um, Interesting though, before we wrap for part one, one player who who was sat on the bench, and I suspect it will be one of few times they do that this season, Kevin De Bruyne. We didn't get to see him unfortunately come on the pitch, as, as nice as that would have been. I always felt like... 3-0 3-0 would have been the scoreline to bring him on for the final 10 minutes or so. Obviously, City still looks a little bit shaky in transition um, when, when Sheffield United did for a forward. But um, yeah, that noise when he came out to warm up was, was like a goal itself. It, it's funny, isn't it? Some of the some of the comments from Jurgen Klopp in particular speak about how tongue-in-cheek, it has to be said, unfair it is that City get to bring De Bruyne back and they're still very much in the title race. What, just quickly then, what what do you expect from him when he comes back? Do you think it's um, this is it now, lights out, City going to walk the league? Or do you think we might have to be a little bit patient with him? 
I mean, De Bruyne has always needed a couple of games to find his rhythm. Um, and I, and I don't think the January schedule is going to be much help in that regard. So, say if he gets, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes against Huddersfield, maybe a start against mm. Newcastle or maybe 60 minutes against, New, 60 minutes against Newcastle. And then there's two weeks, you know, it's, mm. it, it's going to be a little bit disruptive. So, but you just hope come probably early Feb that he's raring to go. He's, he's ready for starting, starting regularly. There's no injury. He's up to speed. And then, as you say, City City with Kevin De Bruyne is a threatening prospect, no matter how you look <laughs> at it. If um, I, I, You can see by the smile on my face, I just can't. I just can't wait to see Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> play football again. I just cannot wait to see Manchester City's greatest ever player kick a ball for Manchester City mm. again, because it's been far too long. Um, whenever it comes, yeah. whether, it's ne- whether it's this week, whether it's next week, whether it's in February... I'm ready and waiting for it. You know, I think I think every City fan is ready for it at this point. Um, we all just want to see the main man come back. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I totally agree. I think I'm going to head into it with the sort of, I, I guess, just sort of being thankful for whatever's left to come because that that end of 2022, 23 running was just so perfect, and he was doing it as we know now. With with one of his legs essentially hanging off, and although the Champions League final ended in disappointment personally for him, well, it didn't end in disappointment, but it you know it was it was tinged by disappointment with him coming off in the first half. I'm just gonna just gonna be grateful for whatever's left to come. It might be two years, it might be three, it might be who knows. You know, fingers crossed, four or five if he can uh, sort of elongate his career past that point. But yeah, um, certainly a boost, uh, something to cover. Definitely in more detail as we head into the month. Um, but stick around because in part two we're going to be speaking about everyone's favourite. Sorry, no, everyone's second favourite lad from Stockport, Phil Foden. 
But speaking of a player who has plugged the gap in Kevin De Bruyne's absence, um, nice little segue there. I'm, I'm going to tick that one off the list. Um, Phil Foden, uh, he, he was by far and away the standout player in the game against Sheffield United. He was by far and away the standout player in the game against Everton. And you could probably make the case that he was by far and away the standout player in City's Club World Cup victories against Uara, Red Diamonds and Fluminense as well, albeit how, how much uh, importance you attribute to those is is obviously up to yourself but um he, he's really relishing this role isn't he and and he is sort of taking a little bit of time we've seen it at glimpses this season i'm going to discount the first sort of i'd say two months of the campaign when he was playing almost like this i don't know how you describe it inverted half space 10 advanced midfielder you know he wasn't central but he was not on the right wing, you know, he was in, in that half space to use the, the technical speak. But this is very much um, Phil Foden playing as that advanced playmaker in midfield. And by God, does he look good at doing it? Yeah, Phil, Phil Foden just... We've watched him for how many years now? Well, six, seven, six, seven years now, Phil Foden, in and out of the first team. Mm. And every time he ha- he's played in a new position or he's gone back to another position, you think... Is he really going to be as good? Is he really going to be as good here as he was? You know, when he first broke into the team as a mid, as a David Silver esque replacement in mm. 2017, 18, 19. Is he really going to be as good as he was on the right wing the first time in 1920? Is he really going to be as good as he was on the left wing in the co- in, in the COVID year? Is he really going to be as good as false nine as he was when we played without a striker? And now he's back. He's been back on the right wing. He's been on the left wing. He's back in midfield. The guy is just, he, he, he can just do anything in those forward positions. He's a phenomenal, I mean, I've tweeted it a million times. He's the best footballer I've seen England produce ever. You know, mm. better than mm. better than Gascoigne, better than the litany of, I mean, you don't want to compare between positions, but better than the litany of strikers on ability and talent, better than any, any other name I can think of uh, right now. He's just a phenomenal, phenomenal footballer. And there is no player I get more joy out of watching than Phil Foden. Because mm-hmm. whenever he, whenever he's on the ball, your eyes light up and you're watching him. You're not watching the game, you're watching Foden. Because something magical is going to happen. And we've seen him in, especially his last probably month or so, um, more so when he's been playing in a central position. He's taking more shots. He's really trying to... It's, it's almost like he's trying to give something back to the crowd, amp the crowd up a bit. Because some <laughs> of those shots he was taking... Some, some of the shots he's been taking in the last couple of games... It's showboating, yarders. It? Oh, it, it is. It's like it's a show absolutely. pony. It is. And I, and I love watching it. I love watching an English player with so much technical ability and with the confidence and just be able to back it. And, you know, he can back it up with his trophy cabinet. He's been a key part of however many trophies now for City. And he's, what, 23? If just mm. he's, His career is phenomenal, and he's still got another 10 years of it, at least, you'd think. Um, yeah. Just, you know, you, you, and, and I, I, sa- I said, you know, a couple of, I was saying a couple of years ago about him, you don't want to put too much pressure on him. But he, you don't need to put pressure on him because he just stands up and does his job anyway. You know, yeah. even last season, even last season, you know, he played when he when he wasn't in the team as much. Uh, he came in and did a job whenever he was picked, and then he came on in the Champions League final and put in a six, sixty minutes in central midfield, and we all kept got to the end of that game thinking bloody hell he was good. And then you know, yeah. start of this season, he played in that he played in a weird kind of mixed up role, then went out to the right wing. Now he's back in midfield again. 
and he can just do it. And you, and yet he'll probably change position again when Kevin De Bruyne is back in the team. He'll probably mm. change position, position, you know, if Jack Grealish or Bernardo goes down with an injury and he has to play out wide more. Um, <laughs> just, I'm getting to the point where it's just, what can't he do? You know, that, that's, that's the question you've really got to be asking with Foden now. What can't he do? And you just hope mm. that, you know, Gareth Southgate is watching, has been watching in recent weeks thinking, I need to find a way to get this guy in my starting 11 every single game from now on. Because without Foden, yeah, uh, I, don't th- I, yeah. don't, I don't think City or England will have as much success as they can going forward in the next few years. He's just that no, I think that, that, that's, that's totally fair to prophesize. And, and speaking of um, people who've been prophesizing, our very own Alex Michelle has been um, lapping it up because it's fair to say he invested uh, some heavy stocks in Phil Foden before the season started. He, he, he um, referenced the tweet going all the way back to June, I think it was. Injuries permitting, Foden is dropping a top five Premier League campaign next season, double-digit goals and double-digit assists with somewhere around 2,500 minutes. Uh, Bookmap this we will be there i think he's uh, i think he's close to it already um he's certainly knocking on the door uh, this was from after the sheffield united game alex michelle again uh drop him a follow if you don't already for lex underscore mcfc some wonderful statistical easy for me to say analysis um in the last two games phil foden has completed 129 of his 134 attempted passes 96.3 percent pass accuracy more shots 10 and chances created nine than failed pass attempts. And I think for me, Ollie, that's the most impressive thing that we've seen from Phil Foden is his efficiency in that role. Because Kevin De Bruyne has, has come out on record and said before that for a player in that position, pass percentages are a useless stat because a lot of the time it's that player who is who is making the pass, trying something that is a little bit more difficult than, say, uh, Rodri, for example, who's collecting the ball and he's laying it off to another player. That isn't to sort of be reductive with Rodri's role. He is obviously an incredible footballer and, and creates chances, scores goals, etc., just as a working example. But with Phil Foden and those numbers aren't sustainable. If they are sustainable, we're talking about a Lionel Messi level career and multiple Ballon d'Ors. But even in this short spell that he's had um, operating in that in that role, and yes, the opposition have been poor. Everton, Sheffield United is not a sample size that you necessarily want to take. But at the same time, he has just looked incredibly composed and almost as if he's played there his entire career, which as we know, since he broke into the City team, he, he certainly hasn't been. Yeah, he, he. I mean, I think he's. I'm trying not to be too hyperbolic, hyperbolic here, but because I've already done that today. But God, he's just that good, <laughs> isn't he? He he is just that good. And yeah, and yeah, you've got to add the caveats. The opponents haven't been fantastic, and you know, it's it's probably not sustainable. But if if we had to pick, you know, a player from each club for player of the season, you know, to go into a nominee, Foden mm. would be mine. I think he's. Been, I think he's been. By far, City's yeah. best player this season. By far, City's most consistent um, in, in terms of the whole what five months of the campaign. Now, uh, he's been performing at a, 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 an otherworldly level compared to some other players mm. in City and compared to some other players in the league. Um, you know, he's he's got a chance to really put in a special campaign here. 
And, you know, of course, his pass completion isn't going to stay that high all season. I don't care. As you say, it is a useless start in that position because you've got to be the guy who's making things happen and not everything. And and literally, unless you are Messi playing in MLS, (laughs) uh, you're not going to make everything happen. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make something happen with every pass and every shot you take. But Phil Foden is one of those players who... When he's on the ball, you're expecting something to happen. It gives the opposition something else to think about. You know, there's photos of, you know, I'd I'd love to see comparisons of photos taken of Foden on the ball compared to Messi on the ball and just how many people they have to put on him, how many (laughs) bewildered faces of defenders there are. Because it it would be, because you look at them and you just think, well, well, of course you don't know what to do. I wouldn't have a clue what to do. You know, how, how some of the, top players in the world how do we how do we stop this guy at times because he's just he's performing at that level consistently um and you know if he can stay whether he stays in that position whether he goes back out wide whether god forbid we need a false nine again this season or in later seasons um foden's going to be the guy for city for the next 10 years you know he spent the last he spent the first part of his city career almost in waiting and he's had Mm. this chance with kevin de bruyne out long term to step up and my God, has he achieved that? My God, has he lived up to that mantle? You know, he, has, he hasn't got the consistency, the years of consistency in that position behind him. But I think, you know, in another three or four years, we're going to be looking at Phil Foden as one of the best midfield players, you know, not just that yeah. City have ever seen, but that the Premier League's ever seen, probably the world's ever seen. Mm. Uh, well, he, he's, he's performing at a ridiculous level and he's still, what, four years away from his prime, five years away from what you'd consider your prime years? Mm. scary scary yeah. thought if you're not a Manchester City fan it's a scary thought if you're not a Manchester City fan yeah I, I, again I totally agree um, and I think he's sort of maybe stepping into a little bit of a leadership role as well we've seen him gene on players we've seen him sort of shouldering that That he, he, well he is an experienced player he's not one to sort of like you say he's still got plenty of years to develop but he's been in and around the team for so long now that people do look to him you know even those who maybe are a couple of years older than him um, and it's also catching the attention of Pep Guardiola some uh, wonderful quotes from him uh, Pep said I think it was after the Sheffield United game uh, on Phil Foden in midfield Iwara, Fluminense Goodison Park and today versus Sheffield United all outstanding all four of his games have been top 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 class um, I'm sure you can imagine Pep doing the accent there playing good and scoring goals and assists and all the important things that we've needed of him um, I, I, I'm going to be a little bit of a buzz joy because I, I love doing that I love bringing misery down when everyone else is having fun but I do think it's important to make the the, the clarification that this is obviously Phil Foden in midfield, but it's not Phil Foden as a traditional midfielder in one of those number eight positions that we've seen. Um, Guardiola does kind of reference this as well. He goes on to say, there are guys in small spaces. We need this type, like David Silva from before, Gundogan, for example. They're really good in these spaces. This is, this is why I'm really pleased that Phil Foden, again, since Crystal Palace, I think he learned the lesson um, referencing the penalty he gave away there. But I, I do think it is is worth noting, Ollie, that you know, maybe one day Phil Foden turns into this this sort of the David Silva replacement that we all thought he could turn into the Kevin De Bruyne replacement too. Gundwan, but you know this this dynamic number eight midfielder that that sort of captain City to multiple trophies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Whilst it is good at the moment, I feel, think it is worth saying he still has plenty of development to do in that position, which is totally fine as well. 
Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, but I, I, I think you can look at it. You can look at David Silva when he first arrived at the city. He was playing out on the left wing uh, under Mancini. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't really until Guardiola where he looked that accom- that ridiculously accomplished mm. midfielder that he was because that because that sort of position it comes with age. You know, it comes with experience, and Phil Foden has a lot of experience. But he's not a twenty. He's not a twenty-seven, twenty-eight-year-old yet. With you know, a, ten years into his career, under mm. multiple different managers, he's only worked under one manager his entire club career. Um, yes, we can add the caveat that he's the greatest manager of all time. But it's still only he's still only had a, ch- a chance to develop under one manager. The, mm. And you'd imagine probably in the next couple of years that there's going to be someone else in the dugout of City, and he how he adapts to that person and what they want out of him. Maybe they see him as a long-term number eight and want to get him in that position immediately. Maybe they yeah. see him staying out on the wing for a few more years. But um, it, w- it would surprise me if he doesn't end up there. But by the time he's 28, 29, 30, if he's not playing regularly as a number eight or a number 10 in midfield, um, like mm. David Silva was, like Gundogan was. Because the, the raw materials and the raw intangible qualities that you need for that position, you can see it in his game, but... It's just the little bits, the, the powers, are the little bits of technicality, as you say, working in small spaces that he just needs a bit more work on. But, you know, at the end of the day, as long as Phil Foden's on the pitch, I don't, I don't really care where he's playing because we're going to get, it's yeah. going to be something exciting to watch. Um, if, he, if he ends up long-term in midfield, you know, playing up to the David Silva replacement that he was pegged to be at 18, 19 years old, that's fine by me. If he ends up playing on the right wing for the rest of his career, that's fine by me because he's one of the best wingers in the world. In my opinion, the second best right winger in the Premier League behind only Mo Salah. Um, mm. You know, so there's, there's a hell of a lot of potential out there for Phil. No, no, you know, no he, shout he, for Saka, Oli. Um, Foden, Saka. No. It's, uh, you know, you know no. it's, a, it's a rampant no. debate. <laughs> it's, it's a rampant debate amongst people who love Bakaya Saka and don't love Phil Foden because one plays for their club and the other doesn't. And they're just mm. a little bit jealous that Phil Foden has a trophy cabinet that Bakaya Saka would do anything for. And he's not <laughs> going to be adding to it again this season. Phil Apart Foden will. score a penalty away at West Ham, obviously. Um, <laughs> and, and, and this is this is this is shade on Saka. It's unnecessary because I was yeah, it, it is. Because uh, yeah, by God, I, I, he I would be incredible at City. Yeah, I mean, we all love Bakaya Saka. I, I remember when there was links to him for City a couple of years ago, and I was mm. like, "That would be very him under him under Pep would be amazing." But he's not Phil Foden. If no. if if, if, that, if that's what, if this is what the debate is, which I think most people want to frame it as, if the debate is Foden or Saka, who are you taking? You take anyone in their right mind is taking Foden. Saka's great. Saka's a great player, but he's nowhere near mm. Foden's level for yeah. me. But I'm bi- but of course yeah. we're biased, so we we would say yeah. That. Yeah, and and again, that's fine for Saka because nobody's like Phil Foden, and and as I said, the second best, the uh, second best person from Stockport, obviously behind yours truly, um, and and what a wonderful place to call it a day for the first episode of twenty twenty four. Ollie, thank you very much. Happy New Year once again. Thank you very much. I'd said Joe Donovan or out of blossoms for the best person <laughs> in Stockport. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Joe is right up there. Um, I have to say, he's a he's a, probably a much better drummer than well everyone else in the country as well. Um, anyway, uh, a list of maybe maybe we'll do a top ten people from Stockport. Hopefully, I can make it into the top ten. We'll see. That, that'd be um, a great. That'd be a great episode. 
Yeah. And with my ego firmly dented, listeners, a happy new year to all of you. And until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.